Russian skiers Denis Spitsov and Alexander Bolshinov have claimed silver in the men's team sprint freestyle at the Games in Pyeongchang. The pair lost to Olympic champions Team Norway. Martin Sundbu and Johannes Klebo beat the Russians at the finish by less than two seconds. French skiers took the bronze. In the meantime, Russian ice hockey players are into the semi-finals of the Olympic tournament. That's after beating Team Norway in the last 8-6-1. Alexander Chargers will face the Czech Republic in the semis. The match will get underway on Friday at 10.40 a.m. Moscow time. In the other semi-final, defending Olympic champions Canada will take on Germany. The Kremlin has confirmed that President Vladimir Putin will deliver his annual address to the Federal Assembly next week. Presidential spokesman Dmitry Peskov says it will happen on the 1st of March. This will be Putin's 14th address. This speech usually outlines the main program for Russian state authorities, gives a rundown on the state of Russian society and possible solutions to national problems. The emergency ministry says heavy frosts are expected on Thursday and Friday in Moscow. Forecasters have declared an orange danger level and predict temperatures below minus 20 degrees Celsius. In the surrounding region, it's expected to be even colder. Frosts start to weaken by the beginning of next week. And finally, the dollar has added 13 kopecks against the ruble with the euro losing 8. The official exchange rate for Thursday for a dollar is 56.65 rubles. One euro will cost 69.81. Rated 6 out of 10 on Moscow's roads. According to our interactive map, driving time to Vnukovo Airport from the city center is about 70 minutes and around 45 minutes to get back into central Moscow. You'll spend about 75 minutes on your way to and from Trimitiva, while driving time to the Medvedeva Airport is around 70 minutes each way. Negative 1 degree Celsius in Warsaw, 1 in Tokyo, 24 in Cairo. Partly cloudy and up to minus 17 degrees Celsius are expected in Moscow tomorrow. That's about one Fahrenheit. That's all from me this hour. Dmitry Shurgen, the studio. I'll be back soon. Good evening, listeners. And before we allow him to escape, Dimitri, uh, what temperature is it going to be tomorrow evening in Moscow? What do you reckon? Will it be minus 20? I would say so, yeah, around maybe 17, 18, 20, depending on what part of Moscow. Now, we're going to be in the Erzid area now, Chikizovo tomorrow, okay? That's so what I was thinking about. Yeah, ah. I was thinking the same thing. All day today, it was going, it's going to be minus 20, minus 21. Yeah, but for us, it's okay, but for... No for place. people from the south of France, from Nice, they'd be like, oh, ooh la la, it is very good. for cold. fans, it's for the fans. worst. Yeah, yeah, that's a terrible... I know Ali's looking at me going, Well, oh, at least they're going to experience the whole spectrum of um, Moscow in winter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Real Russian winter. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So basically, Dimitri, tomorrow we're looking at around minus 16, 17 for the game tomorrow evening. Yeah, pretty that. much, pretty much, yeah. Okay, that's... Okay, Dimitri, thanks for depressing me before we start our show. You have a very good <laughs> evening, and we'll see you at the top of the night, You sir. too. Have fun, guys. We will. So, this is Capital Sports. It's us again. I am Alan Moore. Ekaterina Bichkova. And Ali Knight, the Supreme Mix Mistress, is here with us on Capital Sports. I'm also Hello. Capital FM. Hello. Thank you. Oh, Ali, this is great. You, Ali, Ali is going to be keeping an eye on the Siska Moscow game that's after kicking off. Uh, but we're, we're going to kick off 
right now because we have a very, very big show tonight. We have a studio guest who has flown in all the way from Siberia before he has to St. Pete's tomorrow morning. Well, actually, tonight, tomorrow morning to cover the Zenit St. Petersburg and Glasgow Celtic game. Yeah, we have lots of news to get through and a very special interview, an exclusive interview, I would say. Yeah, we sure do. This is like, okay, as well as Andrew Flint, who I've already mentioned, who's uh, senior writer with these football times and also he works with uh, TalkSport as well in the UK. We will have Chris Unsworth of the Offside Trust and he's going to tell us a tale that, you know, it's going to open a lot of eyes and a lot of minds, which is a warning for all parents out there. And of course, we will have all the best news, views, reviews, interviews and previews in the world of sports. Yeah, last week we were accused of ignoring the English FA Cup. We are not doing that now. No, we are not. No, because we looked ahead to the Premier League. We just completely ignored the FA Cup and it isn't fair. That sometimes um, happens. I know, it does, it does, because we were having fun. So we're not going to ignore it, uh, especially after former Sligo Rovers boss Paul Cook. I mentioned Sligo Rovers there and playing the League of Ireland because League of Ireland started last weekend, so I'm happy with that. So the ex-Sligo Rovers I boss... <laughs> I know, I'm really happy. The ex Sligo Rovers boss Paul Cook, he led his weekend athletic team to a crushing, a hammering 1 0 victory over Man City on Monday night. Now, the goal was scored by a man who is and was and was and is on fire, Mr. Will Greek, and it ruins Man City's chances of winning four competitions this season. Now, it was no, no fluke because Wigan have already beaten three Premier League teams in the Cup so far this season, including West Ham last time out. Elsewhere around the FA Cup, Leicester City. Chelsea, Brighton, Southampton and Manchester United all came through. There was a bit of an upset almost, uh, where lowly Rochdale, they held Spurs to a 2-2 draw and, you know, they could have won it. Uh, also, Sheffield Wednesday and Swansea City, they drew nil-nil the last game of that round. Has the draw been made for the quarters? Yes, it has indeed. Uh, the winners of uh, Sheffield and Swansea, they play either Rochdale or Spurs, the winner of that game of course. Uh, Man U, they're at home to Brighton. Leicester face Chelsea and Wigan will play Southampton. Now, those ties, they're all going to take place on the St. Patrick's Day weekend, March 16th to 18th. Uh, the League Cup final is at Wembley this Sunday. Pep Guardiola goes for his first win in England. Our old friend Arsene Wenger is looking for his 18th trophy with Arsenal and his first League Cup. This will be very hard for Arsenal to win, even with City's recent slip-ups. Yeah, we're going to chat with Andrew Flint uh, when he's in with us a little bit later on about that, because it's going to be tough for Arsenal, but I, I kind of hope they'll win it, like, you know, just, to, just to be fair. Uh, that game kicks off at 7.30 Moscow time on Sunday. Uh, yeah, City are favourites, though, you know, Wenger needs to win this to guarantee European football next season, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. European football came back last week and while Russian eyes were on the Europa League, there was some Champions League action too, including last night. Yeah, exactly. Well, no one really cares about Champions League anymore, <laughs> especially, I don't know, I just look into Europa League. So, yeah, last night, um, okay, well, last Wednesday starting off, uh, Liverpool, they put five past Porto. That was a, a really, really big win oh, out in Portugal. And they were very, very strong. Real Madrid, they beat Paris Saint-Germain 3-1 in Madrid. We did pack it up as being one to watch. Um, a, a, a battle of two games, that, or two clubs that should be bankrupt. Uh, last night, Bayern Munich, they hammered Turkey's Besiktas 5-0. And as I called it last week, the tied around was Chelsea Barcelona and the Londoners they came so 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 very close to getting the Catalan monkey off their back Conte he played a, you know he played a pretty interesting lineup with Hazard leading the line and William and Pedro kind of like tucked in or playing off him um, now despite conceding possession to the Spanish side I mean they they only had 30% of the possession uh, uh, Chelsea had uh, they were very solid they were tough and they were in the game the whole way through now William he scored a really really good goal in the 62nd minute and it did look okay for Chelsea at that moment but then um, you know Luis Suarez and Code. They all started like, you know, they, they were carrying on. Uh, but anyway, moving on. 50 minutes to go in the 75th minute, and Messi scored for the first time. He had 
30 shots on Chelsea. That was the first time he scored. Um, so they, it was, it was from a defensive miss up as well, uh, mix up, or mix up, excuse me. Uh, Christensen made an awful, awful defensive error. And uh, so it is advantage Barcelona in two weeks' time. A lot of big wins for the well, you could say big teams, 5-0 Bayern, Liverpool, Man City 2. Is this that there are big gaps between leagues? Yeah, like I don't know. It could be like we all. It always comes up year in year out that like you know there's a big, the big, big um, kind of the Spanish, uh, English, and German leagues are pulling away and so on and hammering these like smaller, smaller clubs. Um, but it's also most teams go out to try and win the first leg, especially you know the, the bigger teams. And there's always been this kind of gap. It isn't decreasing, of course. And um, you know we just kind of live in a time when the big sides turn up and are expected to win. Like so, you know, especially in the knockout stages. Okay, so Europa League is where the real action is and last week Spartak fell apart to lose 3-1 at home to Athletic Bilbao. Poor game, poor result and one that might help them focus on Premier League probably. Yep. And as always, calls were made to fire Carrera, the Spartak coach, Circus. What? Is it Circus? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it always is. I mean, Spartak fans... Yeah, Spartak like, fans are crazy. Yeah. The, yeah, exactly. And the ones with laptops are well there. Like I mean, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it's not helpful for the club. I mean, but, you know, not helpful for football. But, um, like, these guys, the journalists, they're, they're, like I read on Champion, like, they were pointing out that he always makes these big, these mistakes in big games. You know, and they never point out that he actually has done very good things when they have won or drawn games. Like, the, the one that, like, Andrew and I discussed a bit later on when they played Liverpool, when they really, you know, they, they stood so firm against Liverpool despite losing their keeper. Um, like, so, the first team keeper went off injured and they had a young guy reserve in and played their skin so I mean they looked at the point is, uh, this club is one of consistent clubs in Russia completely <laughs> they're just oh, I don't know and it goes from the top down bottom up but anyway um you know, one of the biggest problems I saw, uh, you know, was with Spartak was Quincy Promise. And it's a reason why a lot of big clubs are just not interested in because he doesn't do it. He really doesn't do it. And he does what he always, or he did what he always does. He kind of, when they're going against stuff, he just hides out on the, the, the wing. A bit like Arshavin, when you gave Arshavin a bit of a kick, he just didn't want to know about it. Um, Promise, he had the chances. He should have run at the, the, the Bilbao defence, didn't. Um, I do think Spartak, they're going to win in Spain, but unless it is 3-0, they are... Lokomotiv had a wonderful come from behind win over Nice, trailing 2-0 at the half and Manuel Fernandez had trick sees them return to Urge Arena tomorrow night with a 3-2 lead. Really cannot see them losing now. Yeah, very, very hard because I mean, I think that just broke the French hearts and as we said, like with the, the weather tomorrow night is going to be even harder for them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah, but for both clubs. For both clubs, yeah. I think the Russian has a bit bit better off with it. Uh, Zenit, they escaped from Glasgow's Parkhead with a 1-0 loss. Uh, they should have been hammered on the night. Uh, they were really, really well beaten, but they've kept the game alive for tomorrow night. Uh, it should be the same kind of temperature, even worse up in St. Peter. They're predicting minus 21 uh, out on the banks of Neva. Now, there is action underway as we speak, um, and Siska, they, you know, they, they, they drew nil nil away, of course, in Serbia last week. Uh, they have uh, rest out the VB Arena. Uh, the kickoff was at eight o'clock, and after eleven minutes, it is still nil nil. Ollie will be keeping an eye on that as the night proceeds. Tomorrow night we have two big matches: the one in St. Pete's, which kicks off at nine p.m., and of course the one we'll be working at the local Nice game. Exactly, I gave you a lovely Valentine's present last week. So. Yeah, yeah, I remember. So yeah. I will enjoy tomorrow my present minus exactly. twenty-one, watching like like twenty-one player twenty-two. <laughs> 21, <laughs> 22. Could be twenty-one or something. Gets a red card. Whatever. I mean, it's. It, it, I think in half an hour it could be even less. Lots <laughs> <laughs> are freezing. It's <laughs> just like. Yeah, I would no. play with wooden ball, you know, because it's like. 
Did it's really cold. I know how to play, how to play in uh, in such conditions. It's we easy. Already, no, uh, out, out it in is, the Volga, yeah. I know it is. Out in the Volga, we, we were watching um, uh, Volga Lyonsk and Sizran, and they were playing. It was minus twenty six, twenty seven. And you know, <laughs> there was no slow, referee. Slow more, you know how it is. There was yeah. no referee. The referee was <laughs> refereeing from inside a room, looking, drinking, uh, yeah. hot tea. And there was a group of about fifteen Sizran supporters <laughs> chanting the whole time. I'm thinking, you guys must be just wasted, or I don't know. But we went out. It was like a, 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 a former Irish League coach, uh, top coach, uh, David Rison was over with me, and we were walking around the pitch. And after about twenty minutes, we just said, Nah, now nah, we're going back inside. What I didn't like this. So you did your best. Yeah, we did. We <laughs> said that for the first half. We're okay. So, okay. So the local Nice game tomorrow night. We want two lucky listeners to join us, or at least one lucky listener and then another person as well. Uh, so in addition to our prize winner last week, Kirill, we're going to get two more people with us. Uh, we'll, we have the quiz, quiz question ready to go. Yekaterina taught it up herself. It was a very tough question. It was a good question. And it is a prize well worth winning because as well as actually those two VIP tickets, which are worth more than 3,000 rubles apiece, you will get a chance to meet the wonderful vivacious Yekaterina Bushkova and join us on stage if you want at the Erzhi Day Arena tomorrow night. Uh, course kickoff is at 7 o'clock. Now we also, for anyone else who answers correctly but doesn't quite win the big prize, we have a 2,000 ruble gift voucher brought to you by Capital FM and Katie O'Shea's. That is worth well, I said 2,000 rubles. And so if you don't win the main prize and you're not going to be in the minus 21 conditions out of the Erzade <laughs> Arena, you can sit in Katie's Palace yeah, and Silvers watch it on and, TV. Yes, eat and drink and watch it on TV. So can so, we give the question now? Yes, far away, lady. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's a very tough one. So how many gold medals Olympic athletes from Russia have right now? A, 1, B, 0, C, 3. So it's A, B or C. One, zero or three. Great. I repeat one more time the question. How many gold medals Olympic athletes from Russia have right now? Okay, that is superb. So, uh, basically, you have to message in on Viber, WhatsApp or on plus seven, nine, two, five, one, 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 zero, five, three. Okay, so it's a nice handy question to get those two tickets or 2,000 rubles worth of food and drink at Katie's Paddy's or Silver's. Okay, so uh, two Champions League matches tonight. We're going to discuss them with Andrew when he's in in a, in a wee bit. Sevilla have Man United in town, in Seville then in sunny Spain. Well, quite a bit cold there as well this evening. And Shakhtar, Donetsk, they are playing Roma. Both matches are kicking off tonight at 10.45. Which will you watch? Ooh, well, you see, I'll probably start watching the first match, the Sevilla-United match. Um, and I think this is when Mourinho's going to... No, I'm not going to say it because it would be a joke. I was going to say when he's going to break out and start to like play wonderful football, it's not going to happen. But I think United you know are going to win. Uh, it'll be very, very interesting. Of course, we'll discuss it with Andrew a little bit later. Uh, okay, one quick story before we go to our song and to our break, because we have a, a, a really brilliant interview coming up after the break. Um, uh, the Meldonium story. The Meldonium story. With what Kusinitsky, is it about? about yeah, this curler. Uh, I really don't uh, understand we will discuss a bit later on as well. But yeah. I, I'm, there's news breaking this evening, okay? That um, that they said is he took it by accident, but what kind of by accident? Because he had a hangover. It was already yesterday. <laughs> I know. But they said that it was because... But he, at least he, he it, it looks like more realistic than all the rest. <laughs> no, seriously. Because it's just like the story... It's getting worse and worse. I couldn't understand why it's curling, why curling. it's meldonium, why it's all together, and it's it's definitely look like like some fantasy, you know, absolutely. No, it Not looks like, like a complete real life. mistake. I mean, look, look. I said I said before, and I was like talking on uh, RT on uh, Monday night or Monday morning. It's like 
like this is just an insane thing that he he wouldn't take Mildoy but he wouldn't take Meldonium. And the worst thing was, his coach, Melnikov, said that, oh, no, 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 he, he hasn't been taking Meldonium for at least two years since it was banned. So he had taken it before. I was like, what a stupid thing to do. But anyway, we'll hopefully it, it's not going to come to that. Okay, we'll chat about this a bit later on. But, uh, you know, and when you give us your Olympics rundown in the next segment. Uh, okay, so, Ollie, we're ready to play it with our Yes, song? we are, definitely. Perfect. Okay, so this is one that's familiar to very, very many people. Uh, it's from the FIFA 2004 uh, game. It's everywhere. It's a, it's a group that kind of, when you see them live, they are very, very well worth it. So you hear it at stadiums, you hear it on computer games, you hear it on TV as well. This is the Kings of Leon and the Red Morning Light. Capital Sports. With Alan Moore. No, you could have been a wonder. Taking your judges to the sky. You couldn't take it on the tightrope. No, you had to take it on the side. You always like it on the cover. Duck down between your dirty sheets. But no one's even listening to you. Так звучит ваша новая зарплата. 
Москва Медиа представляет новый сезон проекта «Твоя Москва». Приходи на бесплатные мастер-классы от звезд радио, телевидения и интернета. Участвуй в конкурсе и получи официальную работу. Ждем тебя с 3 марта в Центре документального кино. Подробности на tvm.m24.ru Проект создан при финансовой поддержке Департамента средств массовой информации и рекламы города Москвы. 18+. Okay, we're back here on Capital Sports. I'm also Capital FM. Uh, so we have some correct answers in already. Actually, we've got one correct and one incorrect answer. Or actually, no, one incorrect answer. The rest of them are correct. So that question again, Yekaterina. <laughs> so how many gold, gold medals, medals have the Olympic athletes from Russia won? It right. is... A. Uh, A, 1, B, 0, C, 3. Excellent. Okay, so it's 1, 0, or 3. A, B, or C. Okay, so very, very quickly before we introduce our guests. The Six Nations rugby is back this weekend. On Friday, two teams will win. They're going to fight against the wooden spoon when France greet Italy to, or are, well, greeting Italy at the Stade Veldrome in Marseille. That kicks off at 11 o'clock Moscow time. Now, on Saturday, it's Ireland against Wales at Lansdowne Road at 5.15. And that is followed by the Calcutta Cup match between Scotland and England in Murrayfield. Now, it's going to be a real decider weekend because Ireland have a habit of losing at home to Wales, as we discussed last week with the guys in the studio, and winning over in Cardiff. Uh, so it is hard to look past wins for Ireland and England, though this could be the weekend when Ireland blow up. And, uh, you know, and as always, England will probably struggle to get the job done as well. However, France, Ireland and England do look the favourites for wins. And now... Finally, we have our guest. First one tonight. It's great to finally have in the studio our man in Siberia, senior writer with these football times, also a regular on Talk Sport and now a little more regular with us. When we can finally call him. Welcome, Andrew Flint. Hello, guys. Thanks for having me on. And I promise I won't run away next time. I yeah, promise. Very, very good. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Now so, <laughs> listen, you're off to Zenit tomorrow. You're up to St. Pete's. Actually, well, uh, just after midnight tonight. Uh, and you've been covering all the Russian sides. So all the, 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 the ties are pretty finely poised. Well, except Spartak, because they, they have a bit of a, a struggle. What should we expect tonight from the Siskai game that we're going to pick up? Well, to be honest with you, I think this one is so, so hard to call because it's that classic thing. If you don't have the away goal, then there's, will they be nervous? Will they try and contain them? Will they attack? I think, I think Cisco have much more quality. I wasn't impressed with, um, with Red Star last week. They didn't seem to show a lot of threats and I think they were the lowest scorers in the group stage as well. So... I think Tiska should be confident, but should with Russian teams in Europe, as we know, is a dangerous habit to get into. So we'll have it's to see. It's not about Russians. Come on, it's just about sport. Nah, that's true. That's true. I, I just I, I I know Russian teams well enough now to not completely trust them. I want to. I want to, but I'm hoping they will they will restore my faith tonight. And so we were talking earlier about the League Cup final. Who do you reckon has the edge? Well. I desperately want to say Arsenal, and it's not very often a Manchester United fan will say that. But um, realistically, you just you can't look past Man City. I mean, they're just they they are the best team I would say almost in Europe on the, on their day. They are virtually unplayable. Um, so 
Unfortunately, I'm going to have to say them, but I will be supporting Arsene Wenger and his lovely French side, uh, English side, sorry. Very, very good. Okay. <laughs> uh, before we, we are going to uh, go to a call quite shortly, but uh, that Cisco game is 22 minutes in. It is still nil-nil with West Star Belgrade. So I think the cold weather is slowing down both sides. Uh, it should it, be. Yeah, as it should be, exactly. Um, so uh, the next... Uh, well, I guess the next the call we're going to make now to to Chris Hunsworth, uh, I think we, we've been all well. We've been reading, us here, been reading about it. Um, it. It's a kind of a difficult difficult story to go through and discuss, but we we will do it. It's uh, one that I think uh, nobody has brought it to Russia just yet, um, and it's something that is just like a, a complete failure of the system to protect children in in the game. I mean, it, it's also a problem with tennis and manual sports, so it's, it's not alone. Oh, it's we everywhere. Had, exactly. We had the, the case uh, two weeks ago in uh, the US with the gymnastics coach, yeah, Larry Nassar, coach Larry the gym has. coach. Uh, now, that was two years ago. I actually wrote a report on it saying, that, like, why isn't it coming out more? And then eventually, little by little, little it broke. And he got 150 years in jail. Now, uh, this week... A former youth coach and uh, scout by the name of Barry Bennell, he was sentenced to 31 years in jail. Um, most people say it isn't enough. I'm certain that the people that uh, suffered at his hands would say that the same thing. But this was a, a serial child abuser, someone who took advantage of his position and uh, you know ruined a lot of lives. Now, people have been fighting back against it. There is a terrific foundation called the Offside Trust, which was set up to try and you know, uh, reach out to people who have suffered at this man's hands, and, and not just his, but there's quite a lot of them, and to try and address the failures within the child protection uh, system, within English football especially. Now, it has improved, um, but, you know, it wasn't always that way. However, we're going to uh, go to our caller, uh, who is one of the, the founders and the, the leader of the Offside Trust. Uh, Chris Hunsworth, how are you doing? How are you doing? Are you Okay. Very, very good. Listen, Chris, thank you so, so much for coming on. I know it's, uh, you know, in one way, it's always good to talk about things, but another way, it's uh, tough to, to relive them. So I really, really appreciate the time you've given us. My pleasure. My pleasure. Listen, straight off, um, something that, you know, uh, like as a father, like I'm like looking at it, um, how do you feel that this criminal is finally behind bars? You know, is, is 31 years enough for what he did? Um, it's 31 years enough. Um, I, all I can say is I, I just hope and pray that he doesn't, he doesn't get back out into civilization, which I'm pretty sure he won't do because he's not a very well man. Um, but I think, um, I think 31 years, I mean, no sentence really, um, is long enough. Um, I was hope, obviously, Life over here uh, is about 20 to 25 years. Obviously, the judge gave him 31, but I think uh, he will only probably do half that. So, you know, 16 years, well, 16 years to me isn't long enough. Um, but um, we will see, we will see. But I just hope and I pray that uh, the only way that uh, he comes out of prison is feet first. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you on that. Again, like, you know, that um, he took enough years off your life and they can never be put back on, but the uh, main thing is you're healthy and alive and, and living on. So, uh, listen, you said before um, that you'd fallen out of love with football, but you found golf. So, how are you with football now? I mean, how, how do you feel, like, you know, you're talking about football and sort of, like, watching football now? I mean, have you, have you found a bit more of a sort of peace with the game? 
<laughs> yeah, not really. I still don't really watch it that much, and I don't really care about it. Um, I mean, especially, you know, the, the amount of money that these guys get paid. I know it's not their fault, but, um, I mean, that's another story. But, uh, no, not really. And I, I don't really care much for football, um, as I say. Um, this monster ruined my childhood. He ruined my dreams of becoming a, prof- um, a professional footballer. Uh, but... Uh, as you said, I had golf to go to when uh, at 16 I turned professional golfer. And luckily, I had that to focus on uh, and forget about all my footballing days and my abuse days. So luckily, as I say, I had my golf to go to. Yes, I mean, it, that, that, that's, that's the best way to look at it. Um, and, you know... It's hard to discuss it, but I was watching an interview you did on Channel 4 in the UK with John Snow, and you said you buried the abuse in a box in your head. Now, that, that phrase, yeah. you know, kind of stuck with me. Um, and there'd be many people who'd be listening uh, who have either, you know, or, or know people in this situation, and they have buried such horrors. Uh, what would your, your advice be to them? Um, my advice would be to anyone listening out there who may have suffered abuse or may be thinking about talking to someone then, I would say, please, don't feel that you have to suffer alone. Um, you know, we've, we've been through this um, and it's a, it's a long, hard road to carry that burden on your own. The best thing that I've ever done is I talked about it 14 months ago Um and since then, my life has got easier and easier. Um, so that that is what I would say and what I would recommend. Um, this is the reason why we started the Offside Trust, um, an organisation for survivors, by survivors. Um, we will support you. The biggest thing is we will believe you because as a child, when you suffer um, child abuse, that's the hardest thing uh, to come out and speak because no one will believe you. No one will listen to you. Um, and in the days when I was a child, um, eight years old, my abuse started, I had nowhere to go. I really didn't have anywhere to go. There was no organisations about, so we basically suffered in silence. Now, if you are thinking about it, please, 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 you will, we will support you and we really, really will believe you and we will talk to you and we will listen to you. Um, that's what I would say. Yeah, Katrina has a yeah, question here. Katrina just, uh, here, Chris. The Offside Trust set up to help survivors and educate the public, especially parents. What are you aiming to achieve? Um, we're aiming to choose to, you know, to, to break the stigma, to, to pray. I mean, we've got, we've got quite a few things and we've got... Quite a few toolkits lined up for the Offside Trust. Um, one of them is a, uh, is a toolkit to help people um, to talk about their sexual abuse um, and, you know, we can help them and support them and signpost them if they need counselling. You know, it's not just about the person who's been abused. Obviously, it affects the whole family as well. Um, so that's one thing that we uh, we are setting up. And another area that we're going down is um, um, something called Club Champions, which we're um, we're rolling out to all the football uh, associations, to all the football teams, because um, 
especially in the Premiership, you know, they have got the money, they've got the resources, but hopefully um, we can roll that out right down to grassroots level, get the parents involved and obviously make them aware and how to improve this, the safeguarding, um, which is pivotal, um, especially down at grassroots level where they haven't got any money. Um, so we've got to go down that route as well. But um, there's a long road to go, uh, but obviously we've got to do it step by step. The FA, um, we've, we've, we've been having meetings with the FA and the PFA and, uh, and they're on board with us as well. So um, um, now, now that the trial is over, we can, uh, we can get our teeth into something uh, and hopefully we can make a positive move for the Offside Trust um, and uh, we can start helping people. Listen, Chris, thank you so, so much for thank coming you. on with us tonight. I mean, it's it's um, something that I think we, you know, it, as you said, like, there, there needs to be no stigma to it because, um, you know, a, a survivor is a survivor. Someone's come through a, a tough situation and journey and, you know, the future should be brighter. And thank you for doing your bit to try to bring this to light and I'm sure that you know a lot more people will find peace because of what you know, of your work so thank you very You're much welcome. Chris. can I just can I just also mention that um, as to date we've uh, we've basically we've relied entirely on goodwill people um, and their gestures and uh, we have got a donated uh, a donate page on our website if you want to go and uh, find a lot more out about the offside trust then please do so uh, it's the offside trust.com uh, and there is a donate page on there which would be gladly happily receive any donations uh, that anyone would like to offer we will listen we're going to tweet that out afterwards as well so that's the offside trust.com chris thank you so so much and uh, take care and see you very soon my pleasure thanks very much for having me thanks chris cheers now bye bye okay so okay tough story to come back yeah, from yeah it is uh, pathetic it's something that, like we we we've discussed, like you know, tough situations before. Uh, but this is, you know, you know, for, for people to come through what they've come through. I mean, when you read into the story of what happened to them uh, when they were young boys, but now many years later they found peace in themselves. And as he said, like you know, talking about it is is the best way to try and solve the situation. So uh, that's at the yeah, outside yeah, trust the, the toughest thing is to start talking about exactly exactly I know, I we we have in every sport we have it does take a lot of courage and bravery to actually just phrase it and say it out loud so yeah. i mean uh, um, you know if the, you know i listen to that there who you know kind of have been affected with this or thinking about it you know they you know there are always places to go to look for even if you go to offsidetrust.com um if you're here in moscow they will be able to guide you back because also with alexander zotov and the the russian football players union they are also helping a lot of players who like not just well difficult times or maybe you know family problems so on they'll actually help them to discuss and get them counseling services and so on so there is the help out there and i mean just to sort of open up and talk and you know uh once it's out there then it, it gets that a really easier so. yeah that's true okay so uh we're not going to mention the quiz question right now we'll come back to that in the third segment but we are going to play with a very very good song which kind of is uh based on you know it's an upbeat song but it is uh it's basically, as Isaac Hayes said, that it is a story about one struggle to rise above their present conditions. And this is what these men have done. This is what we're going to do as well. So we're going to play it with Sam and Dave and Soul Man. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Back here on Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM, um, we had a fairly robust discussion during yeah, that uh, about and discussing some situations and you know kind of you know when 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 uh, Christian like you know his abuse began as an eight year old, you know it's like it's you know you, like my t- Tim, my son who you uh, yeah. Ollie and Katie you've both met is eight year old eight years old I, as I well. I'm, I'm coaching nine year old yeah. kid. Come on. So it's just like it's. Ah, uh, anyway, okay, we'll move on. Uh, we have to move on, or else we, you know, we'll we'll try to sink into that hole. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we we need to. We need to so, uh, you Katrina, quiz question. Yeah, so. quiz question. Pick. Uh, how many gold medals Olympic athletes from Russia have right now? Three answers: A, one; B, zero; C, three. Okay, and it's plus seven nine two five one 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 zero five three, and you can get us on WhatsApp and Viber as well. So message into us. Okay, so. Uh, well, Andrew Flint is still here. So, Andrew, uh, okay, tonight, Man U, Sevilla, what do you reckon? Well, I have to be honest, I can't see Mourinho playing expansive football. It's, it's like a broken record, but it's a broken record for a reason, you know. Um, I mean, there's talk of all that noise about Pogba and Mourinho falling out. I don't really believe that. And will he come back from illness tonight? I think he will play. I think probably it was an element of, well, look, let's just let this one blow over for the FA Cup weekend. Um, if Pogba plays to his best, we should be able to beat Sevilla, but I'll take a draw. And I think a draw is probably the most likely result tonight. Okay, well, that's, that's fair enough. A draw, a draw yeah, away from home is okay. Uh, can, I, can I have one question? Yeah. I'm, we're doing this for like almost half a year, and i always so interested when, when you talk about teams, you always say coaches names like that Mourinho will play and then uh, like uh, yeah someone else will play but there are 11 and 11 like players team yeah but you're <laughs> an intelligent teams. person why are you you're always, an intelligent person <laughs> why are you talking about, about, it's like if if we come on court and someone will tell like one coach will play another one so it's just like I understand that you have tactics and all these things but still I can you please explain me? I'm just yeah, I'm intelligent, but not enough. But I, I think I think <laughs> obviously comes, no. I think it's down to the like the, the cult of the coach or the cult cult of the manager. It's been getting more and more the last few years, and you got then the managers who are it's everywhere. It's written everywhere. It's just like like exactly. it, it seems like not teams are playing, just coaches. I mean, it is. It <laughs> Maybe is they good. can play like cards or something, you know. <laughs> no, I, I, I remember when when uh, Jack Charlton came to manage Ireland in 1986. Well, 87 we started qualifying. Uh, for the Europeans but in 86 when he came in um, it became Jack's team so Jack Charlton so he became Brand Ireland now he was an Englishman who won the World Cup in 66 with England but the way he played football the way he picked his team the way he everything he did it was about Jack which in a great way took the pressure off the players and uh, everything lived and died with him and he was very responsible now it's gone further where you know um, managers like Mourinho like Ferguson before him uh, they dictate terms you know Conte in Chelsea he'll dictate what he wants to do and even Carrera in, in Spartak I mean you know fans are looking at him if the team plays badly it's Carrera's fault no I understand the you responsibility know. of coach and like I mean the influence but still the players are like uh, I agree are doing You're all right. the job Exactly. I mean, like, I mean, I mean, would you, uh, well, did you blame your mom when you played badly? 
Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. That's so what I say. Go. So we, we share responsibility. That's what I actually. We were, no, not I share was responsibility. But you went ahead in court and played. No, badly. but I never blame like like uh, like. She is completely like. <laughs> no, whoa, 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 hold on, hold no, on, hold I on. Never, no. I, I, ne I never completely. did this. Completely. She's not at fault. Did she like hit like a double fault? No. Was yeah, you? and that's what I'm talking about. So then I you understand. Can't say she, she's no, completely no, no. innocent. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? I think. I think. To be honest, I think with the the question nowadays, I honestly think it's some managers try to believe their own hype a bit too much. This is the problem. You've got somebody like Sir Alex Ferguson, who's a legend of the game, and like Alan said, dictated terms completely. I can't speak what your mum was like as a tennis coach, <laughs> admittedly. Whether she was uh, a Sir Alex Ferguson type. Do I type. comment? Forget it. Do, do I forget comment? It? Okay. Do okay. I comment? I, I've understood. Um, but I think, I think what a lot of managers try to do today is they try to replicate legendary figures a bit too much. Now, Mourinho, 10 years ago, was... I would say arguably the best psychological manager but his lack of success at Real Madrid or at least his perceived lack of success has made him retreat into his shell literally and in the way he lays out his team I think it's believing in the history too much believing in the past too much so I think it won't last forever um, I think we will see a different culture of managers but um, yeah, I, I don't think it's all, all that bad a thing because, yeah. like Alan said, deflecting attention away from players it when it's when it's bad. So you can blame your mom for your like the odd loss. Oh. <laughs> okay, Ali, what's the score tonight? Is this guy? No, no, no. Trust me, I've seen a lot of times. So yeah. I mean, we, let's have a little breath of fresh yeah. air. Look at the score. It <laughs> says Moscow and Red Star Belgrade. It's still nil nil. Nil, nil, nil. Okay, so yep. that's that's reason. Listen, Katarina, tell us about the Winter Olympics. What's been we happening? We have to check if they're playing because it's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> they're <laughs> Maybe they're not. It's not the Do we have like <laughs> a live feed? Yeah, no. a live video or something. Stream but, TV, whatever. There's only a couple of minutes to go to halftime anyway, so uh, they're going to have a cup of tea, warm up. Listen, what's happening in uh, Pyeongchang in the Winter Olympics? Um, okay, do don't tell us how many. How uh, are Russia doing apart from yeah, Melbourne? Norway is like. A number one, 33 medals, and it's just absolutely insane. Also, why you know, is it insane? It's even, why? Yeah, because it's always all the like all these things like actually curling. If we will, uh, uh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, no, no back, back to curling. <laughs> yeah, but that's true. That, I mean, I don't understand why it's always everything about Norway in uh, Winter Olympic Games. Well, they're up north. Yeah, lots I of know. snow and ice. I mean, they yeah. should be good, let's be yeah. honest. And they, <laughs> are, <laughs> and they all are asthmatic, so I mean, it's just like well, okay. that's the whole, 13 uh -huh. gold medals. Um, yeah, I mean, there was like 6,000 need... 6, doses of asthma medicine sent yeah. with the Norwegian team. I, we actually, w two weeks ago, when we were discussing this, when we were talking about um, the on Russia today, and we were discussing it on air, and it was a joke, all these asthmatic Norwegians. Now, lots of people have asthma, but not to that amount. I mean, when, when David Beckham was caught, Puffing on an inhaler when he's sitting on the bench, suddenly he became asthmatic. Paula Radcliffe suddenly became asthmatic. Yeah, but we also have tennis players asthmatic. So I, 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 six I, hours on court, like a final of Grand Slam, and you asthmatic. So, no, are you asthmatic, or you just use the Ventolin inhaler just to give you a bit of a boost? What do you reckon? If you Answer. always provoke me. It's <laughs> just answer like, the question. This is just like, uh, no, it's not fair. Answer the question. I cannot answer this question. You're I'm afraid not to test your friends. Yeah. 
No, it's not like this. I mean, you know me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have no, you have no concern. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it is, it is something. I remember um, this some way, way back. Losing weight for boxing. Ollie's looking at me like, going, losing weight for boxing. Yeah, losing weight for boxing. <laughs> no, it is true. Um, never happened. Hmm. Never. <laughs> Jo- People oh, are going to ask us what, what did Alan and what did Alan and Holly do off her? No, no. When we were uh, losing weight, because I was going to say fifty-one kilos, for example. So I would train and go into the sauna and skip and the whole lot, like like really lose weight to get down. So I'd be coming down even just drinking white wine. No, I, I wasn't drinking. Fifty-three. Then I wasn't drinking. Fifty-four. Oh, my dad did when he was in uh, wrestling, wrestling team. No, I didn't. I didn't. Um, so to come down to it, I, I'd boil myself down and I come in on target, usually just barely under or right on it. And then I see these guys and they take pills, diuretics, to make them pee. Oh. And they would do it. And then the oh, the one time I said, like, I said to him, like, I really need to you lose weight. Now this okay, it's going to be messy. <laughs> in every sense, and you I know it's prohibited. Weight. Actually, it, it is, yeah. and it's dangerous because it affects your whole system. Least, yeah. Yeah, and you get yeah. dehydrated, and probably all the minerals get. Yeah, but you lose down. weight. Worse, you lose weight, and the worst thing is when you're losing water from your body. Right, hmm. you're losing it as well between your brain and the skull. So that's where you lose water from as well. So when you see these guys who've ended up like um, you know severely dehydrated, and that's why they, they moved way in times so guys could rehydrate because when the fluid goes out between like around the brain. That means you have more chance of brain damage. So it's natural. Anyway, the one time I tried it, I was like, I'll take something herbal uh, to do it because I, I, I had about a kilo over with uh, a day to go. And um, so I took some of these like very, very mild, okay, excuse me, laxatives. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. And I thought this would help yeah. me. But I thought it would make me pass yeah. water. Lovely. Not water. So anyway, don't go any quickly, further, quickly. please. It's, it's still nil nil, by the way, and it's, um, it's still in, in, injury time out in the, the VTB or VEB. I sorry, swear they're not playing. I know. Okay. <laughs> I believe you. Okay, they're just sitting in there going playing PlayStation. Yeah. Okay. FIFA. Anyway, so I I, I took I take two tablets every eight hours. So okay. So I went to bed. I had to work the next morning before I went to the weigh-ins. Um, I had to like, take an, an hour off work to go to the weigh-ins. So I was like, Grand. So I was like, I'll take a few tablets. So I took two, then another two. I read between eight and 12 tablets I took before I went to bed. Right? <laughs> yeah, actually, oh, I was going, oh no. Oh, oh no, yeah. So, so anyway, things happened overnight. And then I went, <laughs> <laughs> I went to the weigh-ins next morning. I was cramped and doubled up. This is what you guys work with every week. <laughs> yes, yes. No, no. <laughs> That's how we work, yes. Listen, I, I, I thought you were a respectable gentleman, Alan. I was. My eyes I have am. been opened. I am. I, am. <laughs> I am again. I am again, sorry. Anyway, quickly moving through this. Interesting oh, colour Alan's face is, is turning he's, right he's now. Ollie's like like not the reddest person in, tonight, but anyway. Uh, more, yeah. So I, I step on the scales, right? And I'm thinking, if I have to walk... And I, I drove myself <laughs> to the weigh-ins, stepped on the scales thinking, okay, I have to be under the weight. And I, it had to be 54 kilos at that time. It was bantam weight. I stepped on the scales and I was 54.5. I was like, holy shit. Like, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I, uh, holy hell, holy hell. <laughs> I had to lose half a kilo. Where? Chop off a leg? Or some other part of my body? Anyway. Anyway, so the guys are like, the, the guys go, listen, go out for a bit of a run, you know? And I'm like, run? I can't even walk. <laughs> 
so terrible. I did. I went for a run. I came back in. I set in the scales. And it was like 54.1. I'm like, please can you let me like make the weight. No, Alan, sorry. And I was naked at this stage. <laughs> I was completely naked. I had no pants on. Oh <laughs> sorry. Listeners, I'm sorry you're picturing me with no pants on. <laughs> Cutting edge sporting journalism. Yeah, Welcome, yeah, everybody. Like, yes. you know, next on Capital something Sports. Something about sports. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, long story short. I go into the into the sauna in like and I wear like a shirt and jeans and all that. Put like a, an overcoat <laughs> over me, a blanket around me, blanket over my head. Sit in the sauna and I come back out. Step on the scales. I'm if and if I don't make the weight this time, I said I'm disqualified. These are the, the national championships. Mm-hmm. So if I don't make the weight, I'm gone. So I step on the scales. I'm thinking, oh, please, 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 be 54. Yeah, and then he went, oh, Janie McAllen, really, really sorry. Actually. We were we were weighing you wrong. You actually, <laughs> I was 52.3. kilos. <laughs> I was 1.7 kilos Wait, under the it, was, it was just not your day. Like, not your day. Like, no. And then they say, "No, you can go off and have a bit of food." And I'm going, "No, <laughs> no." Because anyway, right? Uh, I'm crying with. We laughter. have a fun fact coming in, by the way, from on, Sergey. He says that cold air can damage your lungs and develop asthma. Oh, I think that's going back to the, that's going back to the uh, yeah. the whole asthma thing. Okay, Sergey, yeah. actually, you're right. It is, and a lot of cyclists do have that issue. Like, I mean, and because it's cold. Yes, during a the, Tour de France. Yeah, <laughs> these, I think all these guys in Cisco are all using. Food. So, okay, uh, listen. Uh, one quick thing on the uh, English league, uh, Andrew. So, I mean. Do you reckon, have Man City, have they wrapped up the title at this stage? Oh, a long time ago. Um, it's I've, I've really had to learn to accept it, that there really isn't a competition anymore. They are just so far ahead of everybody else. I mean, Manchester United, my team, I love them dearly, but they've not been anywhere near at the top of their game, and they are still second in the league. That kind of says it all. Um, I mean, City really, I mean, they won't stroll to a title. Guardiola would never allow that to happen, but they... They, they won it two months ago. I, really? I mean, it really so it's is. Done, does it? So what, what, this weekend's game with uh, Chelsea and United, what do you reckon? Well, it's the I, battle of egos. Like, it is, exactly, it's the battle of egos. And I think, I mean, I know Mourinho, like I said earlier, he's, he's slightly... Mourinho. Well, oh, it's true, it is true. No, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, he, this is what he does, though. This is what he does. He does make it about him. For some managers it works, some it doesn't. I actually do think he has slightly got the edge on Conte. Although Conte has shown with the Champions League game against Barcelona that the players are playing for him, a lot of nonsense about he's lost the dressing room. Such a cliche that I hate. I don't believe he has. But I do believe that Mourinho has got a slightly stronger grip on the psychology. But in terms of the players themselves, um, it should be a relatively even game. It yeah. won't be a high-scoring one, but I actually do think Manchester United will edge this one. Okay, okay. Quick, we, have, we, have, we have a score yes, update. Yes, quick update. Seska has scored a goal, and it's still nil for Red Star Belgrade, but that means they're still they're playing. They're not just... They yeah, are playing. So you're wrong. Yeah, you're like wrong. this PlayStation FIFA game. It could, <laughs> it could be an eSports result. We don't exactly, know. <laughs> we don't know. So it's uh, Alan, Alan Zagoev, uh, who scored a goal. So he scored it in uh, injury time at the end of the first half. So it is halftime right now. So Siska, they're leading 1-0, which is a dangerous position for them to be in because if they can, if they sit back and concede a goal, they are out on away goals. So Alan Zagoev, actually, I saw Alan Zagoev playing for uh, Toliati, actually for Dimitrovgat when he was only a little boy with a little kid like against Volgo Jansen in a cup match just or a league match great great player but what, another player kind of like Smolov who has not achieved what he should achieve I'm sorry Andrew you're here so I can say it to you just have to face. do it yeah yeah we Fjord got seven Smolov. minutes from the end and you had to get a bar we even, yeah we're less we're only two minutes away but yeah. you, you know I, I, I sympathise for you girls I now see what, what Alan's really like <laughs> <laughs> thank you finally thank you yes <laughs> no, high no, five I, 
<laughs> I mean, actually, you know, to be to, to be fair to Alan, it's um, his namesake hasn't kicked on as much as he should have, um, and I think he's. I don't think he's going to move to Europe. He should have done maybe three or four years ago. But I'm pleased he scored tonight. That's good. Um, Tisca, mm, tough, tough second half, like yeah, you say. Yeah. It's, it's actually not a good time f- for them to score, I think, because the temptation might be after the break, they've cooled down, the muscles are relaxed a bit too much maybe, and they come out and think, OK, we're on top, we'll contain. And that's not really what we want them to do. But. OK, well, that's true. So we are going to wrap up for tonight. So, Yekaterina? What? What so again? Annie, 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 you want to give your uh, answer out for how many gold medals have the Olympic so, athletes yes. from Russia? Have and they won? Yes, I repeat question one more time. So, how many gold medals Olympic athletes from Russia have right now? And there were three answers: A, one; B, zero; zero C, three. Oli, what's the answer? I actually don't know. Oh my good no God! We haven't yeah. educated her properly. Okay, Catherine, uh, how many? Have, I, no, they have. They haven't won any, have they? Zero. No. Okay, grand. <laughs> <laughs> I can't make one of Oli, and I didn't Big know myself. Oh you my see? goodness! Okay. For a second, I really prayed that they had actually won one yeah. goal, just for the amusement. <laughs> so the no, winner probably, is no, probably they would have won on Friday. Luckily, well, was with the women's figure skating. Hopefully, well, by mm-hmm. the end of the week they will. Yeah. And the ice hockey team are looking very good as well because Jeremy yeah, so But now the answer winner. is B zero. Okay. B is zero. Okay, Vladimir, you have one. We also have the prize to give away. We have, uh, well, we should go through. So we have Ilya as well. He is going to get 2,000 ruble voucher, gift voucher. Uh, so, uh, Andrew Flynn, thank you very much for making thank way you, Andrew. Thank, thank you, Andrew. Thank, thank you very much for having me on, guys. Ollie, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. For keeping us thank mixed you, and ready. Alan. Thank you very much, Katarina. You're brilliant. I'm sorry Thank about you. that story as well. <laughs> uh, really sorry. And now, the most inappropriate song I'm going to play out with um, is, oh, by the way, just that offsidetrust.com, just to, to have a check of that, just to go back to what we are talking with Chris Sonsworth about. Uh, so, let's warm up tonight. Let's warm up before we go out into the street. Uh, this is a song that is played everywhere. Sports events, house parties. This is an old song as well. It's about 20 years old. Um, one that has a bit of an Irish touch as well to it. And it is something that I think the Cisco fans are doing right now. Because this is... We'll hear, see or hear you guys all next week or you hear us next week. This is House of Pain and Jump Around. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Let's go. 